0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program Opal Singleton.
2: Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Wow, do we have a lot of information to share with you today? But we won't we don't want to just share information. We want you to engage with us. We have a call-in number which is 1-866-472-5788. That number again is one 866 472 5788 eight. I have on with us today uh, Susie Carpenter. Susie is our media and marketing director. And this is part of Million Kids, that is M-I-L-L-I-O-N, Million Kids, because more than a million kids are trafficked throughout the world each year. But it's not just kids that we're going to talk about today. We are, in fact, going to be talking about the trafficking of adults, adult males and females, and how this is happening around the globe. This is one serious show today. I've been deeply doing a huge amount of research, and I, I really hope to bring together a worldwide community to be able to combat this. This is happening in record numbers. In fact, human trafficking is the fastest growing crime in the world. It is also the fastest growing crime in the U.S., I live in Southern California. I work with the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force. I'm also an instructor over at USC at the Saul Price Institute for Safe Communities and the Los Angeles Fire Department Training Academy. So I'm deeply ingrained, involved in trying to stop this. But I've been doing this for several years, and each year I think, okay, this is going to get better. But there are a couple of major factors that are really driving this on, and we need you to be able to understand this and get engaged and do something about it. So the best way to do this is to train each and every person that we can. So one of the things we're going to ask you to do is if you're part of a church or synagogue, ward, uh Uh, Let's say you're part of an organization like a Seroptimus, AAUW, any of those, Rotary. We're going to ask you to archive our show on your website so that all your members can get this information. So if you want to contact us, contact me at opal at millionkids.org and let us know that you want to do this, and we'll help you set this up. Now this morning, our program is called Human Trafficking the Global Gold Mine for Gangs and Cartels. And in the next segment, Susie is going to outline for you just how lucrative this is. There are several things that are driving this. Number one, we really are at a unique time in our society around the world. As we look at the breakdown of total nations where people are pouring out of them, for instance, the Syrian refugee crisis, the Rwanda crisis that is happening, the Nigerian crisis that is happening, the mass migration coming up from Latin america and and uh, Central America coming into what uh, the u s border, which we call the border kids, so you are seeing mass migration going the the destabilization of Europe and uh, what is going on with ISIS and pouring into France and Italy and the u k and Scotland. We have never seen this kind of thing before. Now, this show goes out to 170 countries. And Susie is creating for us something called Million Kids Global. And that is a Facebook page. We have Million Kids that you can go on to right now. Just go on to Facebook... Find Million Kids and like us, and you can join the conversation. But we are creating Million Kids Global for our global friends that are out there, which we already know where you're coming from. We know that Italy and Spain is huge, Canada is huge, China, Japan – So, we really appreciate you, and we're creating a Facebook page just so you can tell us what you're seeing, and more important, what is being done about it or not being done about it in your country. We really are seeing record numbers of refugees at this point, and a refugee is a person that's just setting a a setting duck for exploitation. So I have a couple cases I just want to share with you first uh, to kind of paint this picture for you. There's a brand new one today out of Ontario, Canada, up in Nova Scotia. Made me think of my friend up there in New Brunswick, Mark, up in New Brunswick, uh, that follows us. And in fact, he's working on some technology that Uh, can help fight human trafficking. And, you know, this is exactly the kind of people we want to meet, is people who will bring your expertise, bring your passion, bring your investment, and come along with us and let's build a global organization to combat this. Well, this one's out of Nova Scotia, and they're seeing a notoriously violent gang rooted in Nova Scotia is recruiting girls and young women into southwestern Ontario and pimping them out along the Highway 401 corridor. Now, I'm going to tell you that there are corridors of sex trafficking. In fact, you're seeing that, for instance, going into Italy, coming out of Greece, uh, going through the... uh, the Eastern European countries that are over there uh, going into the U.K., which is part of what that referendum was all about. So you will want to take note of corridors in this. They're saying that this was the North Preston's finest gang. Okay, that's the name of the gang that was doing this. One of the reasons this is happening is because it involves organized crime. Here in America, and Susie will go into some of this, we are actually seeing local gangs join with other gangs, and they are literally uh, having kind of a franchise kind of relationship. Uh, a lot of the old organization, which was very vertical, is disappearing as we're beginning to see uh, literally horizontal style relationships. This is the reason why law enforcement must develop a horizontal style of leadership to be able to combat this. That is some of the work that I do at USC in training uh, law enforcement leadership. We can no longer think of just the upward chain of command because when you're dealing in law enforcement with a gang or a cartel, most likely you're only going to see a very small part of that crime. Because there are multiple players. And as I, at the at second half of the show, we're gonna analyze some very in depth gangs and cartels that were operating from Latin America and Mexico and how that looked to law enforcement. One of the goals of this particular show is to equip first responders and practitioners that would be EMTs, uh, law enforcement, uh, border patrol, parole officers, probation officers, nurses, medical personnel, people that are uh, social workers, teachers, people that are on the front line of reporting this because you're the people that would most likely see it. And we want you to be able to recognize it. So back to this case, they had several gangs here that lured young girls across the border uh, from southwestern Ontario and then forced them to have sex. The traffickers are known to target the most vulnerable girls, especially women, at-risk youth, and especially those with mental health or addiction issues. They're the easiest to recruit. If you're addicted... You're you're piece of cake to recruit because you have needs and you need money. And so they will pick on those particular ones. They said they started off with a romantic relationship. We call that Romeo pimping in our business. And it eventually led to coercion. Coercion is a threat, if you don't know. And then they were forced into the sex trade. They might have lured them in with money, gifts, meeting young girls at shopping malls, especially group homes. A group home and foster kids in in, uh, California, at least, 60% of kids in prostitution come from foster care. And 80% of homeless kids come from foster care. They absolutely are vulnerable in there. They also took them to parties. And they used other women. And you're going to see this in story after story as we talk about this. 60% of our cases involve another woman doing the recruiting. Well, there's also a story that uh, we have all of these on our website at exploitedcrimes.com or millionkids.org. But there's also an issue going on out of Nigeria. And my background is in working with uh, Cambodia, and there there are a lot of similarities in these third world countries where they go after the most vulnerable. This one tells of a girl who was 16 and her mother, well, she was approached, her mother was approached by another woman to take her to Italy to find work. Now, the girl really wasn't all that keen on going, but mom's saying, yes, we need the money. And so she went. She ended up being trafficked into prostitution for three years. They sold her body. They beat her. They threatened her at gunpoint. They made her watch a 14-year-old girl as she was raped with a foreign object in there. And so finally she escaped. And you see this in so many of these countries where they escape and they race back home wanting to be accepted. But the family will not accept them because they 've been disgraced because they're now a prostitute. This is the reason why we have to understand this cause and be prepared to take this on and There are many wonderful agencies around the world that do this. The one that i 'm connected to is Rafa house r a p h a Rafa House means healing in Hebrew and they are in Thailand in Haiti and in uh, Cambodia. And what they do is create safe houses because many of these kids cannot go home even after they're free from their captors. But she talked about a lot of what is happening there to the Nigerian girls now that are being trafficked into Europe. They are absolutely sold by sex gangs and they take advantage of this migrant crisis that is going on so that you have so many displaced people. And this is a real challenge for NGOs and churches and people who want to reach out and help these people. The reason it's such a challenge is you can't tell who the good guy is from the bad guy. In some of the cases I'm going to analyze in the second half of this show, you will see about half of the perpetrators were women, ruthless, ruthless heartless, absolutely violent women. And that is happening here. They get these young girls, mainly those from rural villages, and then they get them into Europe. And what they do is they lure them in, and then they put them in horrendous sex situations. Now, in this particular article, they talk about a town in Nigeria called Edo, which is a prominently Christian state with a population of about 3 million. And that is where many of the Nigerian girls are coming from. We have a city or town like that down in Mexico where primarily they come from. What does that tell me? That tells me I need to be educating missionaries like crazy and get them up to speed. And so, we're asking you to share this. If you're in a religious organization or a global organization, connect this show forward, the link to overseas people, and let's get them on board. We must train Missionaries and foreign workers about how, to, how social media works in recruiting people and how to combat this. Wow, that was a quick segment. We're up against a hard break. We will be right back, and Susie's going to start to tell you how lucrative this is.
3: Streaming live... The leader in internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com.
1: Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers, is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest-growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, back to exploited crimes against humanity here again is opal singleton
2: Well, hi, and welcome back to Crimes Against Humanity. Exploited is certainly the most important word there. Because, quite frankly, if you're a refugee and you get in the wrong hands, you will be exploited. We're talking about the global migration that is going on here, and I've been talking this morning about Nigeria and Canada. I had one more case. The headline was, Human Trafficking Gang Busted in Europe. And in this case, and it just happened the last two days, in this case, they were bringing in more than a 1,000 people from Hungary into Western Europe. Now, Susie's going to get into detail on how lucrative this is. In this case, each person was charged initially just $330. Now, they weren't crossing a lot of borders there, but think about that, $330 Times a thousand people. These people. This is very, very lucrative business. And what is happening is, they are charging the most vulnerable of people huge amounts of money. Many of these people will pay four or five thousand dollars and more, and they're charging huge amounts of money. And that money is going back to build the the drug cartels, or build the um, gangs, or the uh, the migration cartels. And so it's a a game of economics as our law enforcement is not getting the funding they need to be able to take this on. And yet, as this is progressing, literally millions of dollars are pouring back in to building these cartels. So, Susie, you have some breakdowns here about sex trafficking, I think, in the U.S., I think is what you mentioned, and just how lucrative that is here. You want to take it on?
0: Yeah, I do. Um, In fact, when I uh, heard what our topic was going to be this week, I was pretty excited because I already had some stuff set aside uh, just for this because we do know how lucrative this is becoming in the U.S. and how involved gangs are. A nationwide trend shows an alarming increase of gang involvement in human trafficking. In August 2013, the Portland State University released a much-anticipated study on the scope of child sex trafficking in Portland, Oregon that revealed 49.1% of youth in the study had been exploited by gang members, are affiliated gang members, or indicated that gang influence plays a large part in their lives. Listen, gangs operate sex trafficking rings as a relatively low-risk, high-profit criminal enterprise. The 2011 National Gang Threat Assessment prepared by the FBI's National Gang Intelligence Center states... Over the past year, federal, state, and local law enforcement officials in at least 35 states and U.S. territories have reported that gangs in their jurisdictions are involved in alien smuggling, human trafficking, or prostitution. In March 2014, the Justice Department teamed up with the Urban Institute to study the commercial sex industry. They published their findings in a report entitled, Estimating the Size and Structure of the Underground Commercial Sex Economy in Eight major U.S. cities. Here's just a few of the findings. I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but listen to this. The average weekly, that's the key word here, weekly cash income for pimps between 2005 and 2011 were, in Atlanta, $32,833. In Denver,
2: $31,200. In Seattle,
0: $18,000. In Miami, Isn't- is that per
2: pimp, Susie? Excuse me, but is that yeah, per pimp?
0: That was per pimp in wow. a and a weekly cash income. I'll I'll skip down. in San Diego it was eleven thousand one hundred and twenty-nine dollars and then in Kansas they were only
2: getting five thousand dollars a week. Um, well, the cost of living is cheap here in Kansas, but well, I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> <like that. laughs> I mean, think about that thirty-three thousand dollars a week per pimp. I yes. mean, you know, each city yeah. has more than one pimp. Many you take a city the size of just Riverside, uh, our and, area here.
0: Oh my God! And, and when you're talking about the gang involvement, and the gang will have multiple members running a ring, you know, they're they're pulling a, a lot of money. So, in two thousand Seven alone in Atlanta, the sex trade was worth a whopping $290 million. 2007,
2: so, that's nine years ago. Yeah,
0: that's right. So fast forward to 2016 and I found an article entitled San Diego sex trafficking industry worth 800 million annually of federal report yeah. fines. That's eight times higher than previously estimated It says, sex trafficking, defined as the trade in which someone has been forced, coerced, or tricked into prostitution, involves some 110 gangs just in San Diego County, which has been dubbed one of 13 hotspots for child sex trafficking in the U.S. by the Federal Bureau of Investigation.
2: Wow, if that doesn't get your attention, what will?
0: (laughs) Exactly. That is why gangs are so heavily involved in this. They, it it's a it's a low risk high profit criminal enterprise,
2: you know, Susie, as you share all that with us, um those of you who know me know how my little brain works, but you know for a long time now, I've understood that one of the real travesties of sex trafficking is the circle of money and the imbalance of funding that is going on here since we've been talking about global and international mm-hmm. trafficking. One of the things I became aware of, let's say that you're a mother down in uh, El Salvador. You're either going to belong to a gang in El Salvador or you're going to pay a coyote to get out of there. And coyotes are not members of the Chamber of Commerce. And so that means you are traveling with somebody and you probably never had the full $5,000 to pay him. So what's going to happen is you're traveling with somebody who owes, that you owe money to, and that person comes into the United States with you, and we're not seeing busloads of coyotes go home. So that means within our society, we are gathering in gang members. And this is one of the reasons why human trafficking is the fastest growing crime in America. It has to do with the expansion of gangs. Gangs Growing across the United States. And so I want our audience to understand the flow of money here. You get what will happen is that you pay the coyote, let's say it's $5,000, and maybe you only have three, so you give him three, and you get up here, and now he's saying, I need another three, or I need another five. And then you you then are either put out for sex or selling goods or you know working for free to pay back the additional money. One of the challenges in in uh, as we really get into refugees and migrants is there is constantly a threat of harming the family back home. And that's one of the things that keeps these people in prison because in Southern California alone, 85% of Mexicans have family on both sides of the border. And so they will say, you're going to do this or I'll kill your family back home. And they have the ability to do that. So it is a, a horrendous level of coercion that your average, especially your average citizen in the U.S., Cannot understand because you know we talk about the illegal um, migrant situation that is going on here, and many of the people that are trafficked in California come in legally. Just because you come in legally doesn't mean you won't be trafficked. But many, many of the people who come in illegally or without documentation are severely trafficked. So think of the flow of money. What happens is you pay your money down there. You get up here, and they will separate off, as you will see in the next story and in the, in, in the next half, we're going to talk about two cases, if I get to all of it, uh, we're going to talk about two cases. They'll separate the women off from the men. And so then they say, okay, now that you're up here, you owe us more money. And so you go out and you begin your work to pay back that cartel. And along with it, they're doing money laundering. All this money, it isn't going, you know, like through checks where they're sending it down. They're sending it through cyber currency, which we've talked about in our other programs. Cyber currency is anonymous and and non-traceable. So they're sending this money back home. So they're making money on money laundering. They're making on on uh, illegal goods. They're making it on uh, people any way they can and they also will put these people out for shoplifting and making money that way. They're making huge money out of gun running and they're making big, big money out of drug running because if you owe that coyote money, guess what they're going to get you to do? They're going to get you to go sell some drugs and pay it back. So then what happens is they'll divide the guys off from the girls and then the girls are forced to have sex and oftentimes the guy are brought in to pay the girls from the money that they've made working in the fields to pay the girls for the sex that they're having. So think about this circle of money that we're talking about, money in Mexico, money, more money up here. Then you make some money, then you have sex with one of the girls. The girls don't get that money. Let's say it's $15 or $23 in the case I'm going to talk about shortly. And so what will happen is they have sex with this girl, all that money goes to the cartel. And all that money is going back to wherever that cartel is from. So you're absolutely funding gangs and cartels, and they're getting bigger. Are we doing more funding for law enforcement? Are we supporting law enforcement? How do we set up our law enforcement so they can have the resources they need to reorganize and go against us? These are very complex crimes. I'm telling you, the cartel has their own IT guys. They're very sophisticated. They're into technology. They they do recruiting now with technology. And so what is happening is that you're seeing a literally Billions of dollars. Last year, I was figuring out on the border kids, the number of border kids they said that came through, and I was figuring out that if each one of them only gave them, let's say, three thousand or five thousand, that it literally was in the billions of dollars just for coyote fees. So this is huge, huge money. And you know, one of the challenges is with this, as you're going to see in the next crime is the next story that we talk about, and, and I really appreciated Susie bringing up San Diego, because let's say you're a cop in San Diego, all you're gonna see is one crime. You're only gonna see one little picture of a girl being violated and her reporting. So how do we equip law enforcement to look beneath the surface, as they say, and be able to take that in to understand this is a multi-county game, uh, crime, or a multi-state crime, or a multi-nation crime? And how do we prepare law enforcement with so few resources? How do we prepare them to be able to identify these huge gangs and understand just how big they are and be able to pull that thread and track it all the way through. So these are complex cases, but they involve real people who are enduring huge amounts of violation. So when we come back on the next segment, we are going to be looking at two cases that took place out of the East Coast, Florida, and, and um Uh, New York, and we're going to examine just what this looks like to local law enforcement. So thanks, Susie, for giving us all that information. We'll be right back. Stay with us, and we're going to go into a couple of cases here.
3: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com
1: Seduced. Oval Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life.
3: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
2: Well, hi, and welcome back. As they said, this is Exploited Crimes Against Humanity, and we want to analyze a very complex case. This case is really difficult probably to follow on the radio because there's a lot of elements in it, but I think it's very important for law enforcement. So because it's a difficult case, uh, Susie normally posts these. Uh, Susie, can you tell the audience here how they can go about uh, finding these links so that they can see the actual case if they want to?
0: Yeah, absolutely. If you go to www.millionkids.org, you can scroll down. You'll see a a uh, section called online training, and you scroll down to the follow button. That will take you to our uh, our WordPress blog where we list all of the training materials. You can also go to www.exploitedcrimes.com. Click on the listen button. And from there, scroll down to whichever episode you want to listen to, and you can listen and also access all the training materials.
2: Well, thank you, Susie. Now, I'm going to analyze this case for you, because whenever I analyze a case, I do a huge amount of training of 60,000 people or something like that. And uh, whenever I analyze a case, I look at it from the standpoint of the perpetrator, the victim, and law enforcement. And I do this because I want to be able to understand what can we learn to teach others about how to see this when they're looking at it. And this one is one that caught my eye. The headline on this particular case was... Uh, two more arrests made in human trafficking operation run in Collier in Lee County in Florida. So I started with that case, and then I began to search back and see all the more information. And I find that an interesting thing to do because when this case started, it started in 2013 with a routine traffic stop. And somewhere along the line, some law officer was smart enough to separate the woman from the from the men and be able to talk about talk to them separately. I don't know what triggered it. I don't know why they did, but they did it, and that gave the woman a chance to talk. Now that's not an easy thing to do because in this case there are 17 perpetrators, and so far they've only uh, found six victims. But they know there there could easily be hundreds of victims. I find this case a fascinating case to analyze because the women victims were 25 to 35 years old. It was it is a like they're teenagers, and the female perpetrators, there's seven out of the 17 of them are really hardcore female perpetrators, so how do you know which one of these victims are victims and which one are perpetrators? Even more important, let's think about this. You're a a law officer. You pull a car over, and you you can tell there's something wrong, and this woman's obviously emotional, and she's wanting to tell a story. And you're looking at her, and she's 25 years old. You know, how do you don't, you know, let's say she's just with another guy and another woman. You don't know, but what this is, a domestic violence thing. You don't know what's really going on here. And hats off to however this took place, that they interviewed her in a way that she could tell her story and get free from these people. Because you don't know if you're talking to the victim or the perpetrator, because in these hardcore cases, many times the perpetrator is a hardcore woman. And the fact that these women were 25 to 35 made that stop very difficult. Another thing that is interesting here is this case started in 2013, but it didn't really come to fruition until just recently. So one of the things that I was calculating there, and I don't know the ins and outs of this, you know, it They started way back when in one county. But, you know, one of the things that occurred to me is they first saw the signs in 2013, and it took three years to put this case together. So one of the things that I was able to calculate on this is those victims were forced to encounter an additional 37,440 sexual encounters, basically rapes is what was happening here. Because it took place over five counties, it was very difficult to lay all this out. But one of the things that I want law enforcement to understand is the urgency and being able to go after these hardcore cases. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're faint of heart, you may not want to stay with the show for a little bit because this is a hardcore case. I mean, sometimes we talk about a kid who meets somebody on kick and they're trafficked for one or two nights. These women were brutally trafficked. There were at least six that have been identified. They were illegally smuggled in into the country. They were promised legal jobs and reunions with their family in there. So... They honestly believe there are a lot more victims. Quite frankly, those women are easy to come by and easy to lure in. And somehow, we need to create programs down in, in Latin American, in South American countries, quite frankly, in Syrian countries and Nigeria that you come in to a situation like this, you need to know there is a huge chance of exploitation. And, you know, I think in the article I read about Nigeria, they said that many of the women knew that they were going in for sex work. But I think these women think they're going to be making love maybe three or four times a day and getting high money. But you're going to see in this case that is not true. In this case, once they arrived, they were first to work as sex slaves servicing between 35 and 45 men a day. I can I can hardly say that with a straight face. How does a human being survive that? I mean you hemorrhage, you know? You're no longer a human being. Think about what that means psychologically. There is no way out. You don't even get to shower. You don't get to clean up. You know, don't have some misconception about this is just a couple of times a day and they're going to give you $2,000 or that you're going to swing and dance and be a stripper and that's really beautiful and a lot of fun. How do you ever escape from this? They have a gun. They often use the gun to violate you personally. There is no means of protection. You know, when you're in a situation like that, they're not going to give you condoms. They don't care if you live or die. They don't care if you have HIV. They don't care if you have STDs. You're never alone, never alone. You'd hardly get to eat. You never get to sleep. And by the way, law enforcement, the, the first responders out there, you see a woman who's sleep-deprived, you see a woman who's heavily drugged, don't immediately judge her that she has made that decision to do that. Because that's what they will do. They're usually being threatened with killing their family back home. Do you understand the psychological impact of that? The killing of the family back home, you are responsible for that. If you've gone days without sleep, if you haven't been able to eat, if you're being forced into a situation of doing 20 to 40 men a day, and all the time they're holding you at gunpoint, And they are threatening the family back home. So you say to yourself, who's doing the sex buying in these cases? Well, what is happening? Remember when I was talking about the circle of money. What happens here is they bring the men in separately. And okay, they owe the the coyotes some more money. And then they will put them out to work. Do you think those men aren't being exploited also? We know of cases here where literally if those men look like they're going to escape or report, They will line up the other men and force them to have man-on-man sex with them. And so that man right there knows better than to show any sign of weakness. So then he goes into the brothel and he has sex with these girls. You'll see in here there were agricultural brothels. We must train our farm communities to watch for agricultural brothels. Now, I'm going to not tell you that all the men that are going into those brothels are saints or they don't want to, but I also know they're being exploited. And so they go in. So watch out for agricultural brothels if you're in an agricultural community. What that means is that literally they put these girls in little abandoned houses, they... Uh, They will even, I've seen video, undercover video, where they hang tarps with ropes, and they take these girls out in the fields, out in fields in the middle of night, and they use night lighting, and they bring truckloads of these guys in. That is how that's happening here. So think about all of this because they're threatening not only the people they can't get free, but they're threatening their family back home. That is the reason why so many of these migrants won't tell until they get into a situation where they believe they're not going to live through it, and then some of them break. So there were 17 perpetrators. There's probably a lot more, but I want you to think about this. This car was stopped in 2013, and what this law enforcement was seeing was just a thread of a gang. So how do we train our law enforcement to realize that what they're seeing really is going to cover, in this case, five counties? So what happened here is that They were brought into agriculture uh, brothels right here in Florida, not Rwanda, not Haiti, in Florida. And then what happened is they arrested one of the women. Her name was um, Ingrid Mira Diago. Now, I don't know if she's been— Uh, I don't know if she's been sentenced, so we're going to say allegedly. But she's 36 years old, and she's traveling with a guy named Miguel Aguilar, who's 59. Now, she's from a different county than Miguel. So think about what that means to law enforcement in getting this case and understanding, because law enforcement works by county. So they're going back and forth, and they said that she transported the people, and he collected the money from the men who visited the brothels and acted as a lookout. Now, he carried a handgun at all times in his pants, and the victim stated that at all times she feared for her life. In fact, one victim told officials that Aguilar kept all the money she made. Once in a while, she would be allowed to have a little bit of money, but then they would immediately take it back from her because she owed them for food and rent. This is called debt bondage. And we see these in these cases even out here in California where every time the girl uses the old beat-up mattress in a little abandoned house, she's charged. Every time she showers, she's charged. That is debt bondage. She is a sex slave, a modern-day slave sex slave and she will never be free. When they found the other women they were found in very poor living conditions they just simply had a mattress on the floor. Think about this they're moved from county to county they're always under gun- uh guard by guns and literally they have no way to get free, and they are being forced to service between 25 and 45 men a day. Now, the woman, Mara Diego, said she's not guilty of anything. Yeah, she helped move the women from place to place, but she did not see any signs of prostitution. Are you kidding me? You know, later she said, well, maybe some of the women were forced into prostitution by their boyfriends, and she felt bad for them. Mm. Stay with me, folks. We're going to finish this story as soon as we get uh, through the break. We'll be right back.
3: Stimulating talk. Gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com
1: Seduced. Back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton.
2: Well, thanks for staying with us and coming back because we're right in the middle of a very difficult case. And it's a difficult case to talk about on radio because it's a complex case. But I also think it's important that we look at these complex cases because especially for law enforcement to understand how to go about combating this and what they're seeing when they're helping on this. So we have a case here in Florida that covered a five-county area, and so far they've arrested 17 perpetrators and freed six victims. Now, they know there's a lot more victims. This is a huge-scale cartel gang-style trafficking case. They were bringing up women from uh, Mexico and, and South America And they were putting them in horrendous conditions. They were being put in agriculture brothels and also in moving brothels, in other words, residential houses. And so I want to train people. If you see a bunch of women going in an agricultural area in a house, a a, a facility, a building, an outbuilding, don't just drive away. Call law enforcement immediately and say, I think I'm seeing a moving brothel. Now, what was fascinating in this case is that seven out of the ten perpetrators were hardcore women. And the one that they I was reading about here is called Mara Diego. She's, I think, 32 or 35 in there. She's not uh, particularly a young per- 36. And uh, in this case, her job was to transport the women from place to place. And she honestly said in here, I'm not guilty of anything. Yeah, I helped the women take, go from place to place, but I didn't see any signs of prostitution. That just frosts me. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're all innocent. Later, she said, well, okay, some of the women were forced into prostitution by their boyfriends, and she felt bad about it. Now, I want you to think about this victim for a minute. She's a 25 to 35-year-old woman. She probably doesn't speak English. She came up here because she was trying to either reunite with her family or to get work to help her family back home. And now she is being controlled and prostituted by another woman and a man who stands by with a gun at all times. Think about the impact on the attitude because you don't know who you can trust. This is... Obviously, she's of Latina descent, somewhere along the line. She probably speaks Spanish. And so they're driving them from place to place. This is deep-seated trauma. And so it's hard to know with law enforcement which one's the perpetrator and which one's the victim. Now, in this case, the customers were forced to pay $23 for 15 minutes of sex. So if they're doing, 30 let's say, 25 to 45 men a day, This is, and they're being moved from agriculture places to moving uh, brothels. You can see the amount of money that Susie was talking about in the first segment here. This is all about subsidizing drug cartels. Do you understand now? why there is more money in literally sex trafficking than there is in drugs or guns. Well, there's more money in guns, but it's catching up with drugs. And in many counties, uh, like San Diego County, it's actually ahead of that. Each woman netted on average between 190000 to 320000 a year for the ring leaders. That means just these six victims generated more than a $1.2 million for the cartel. And so, you know, it's very little maintenance to do something like this. Now, the other places that this took place was in regular neighborhoods in normal houses. And if you go on to this link, you can actually see interviews on the videos on here. So this is the reason why we want you to follow me and kids on Facebook, because we post these cases and we post those videos. And that particular video is also at exploitedcrimes.com. So this took place, in, in addition to the agricultural brothels, this was taking place over a six-county area. So let's suppose that you're a cop in Collier County. How are you going to see this in Hillsborough County? Or how do you realize what's happening to you, that what you're looking at is just a portion of a ring? It was a fascinating video on this thing. They said they talked to the neighbors here. And this is what the neighbors said. Remember the old slogan, see something, say something? This neighbor said, well, they were used to seeing multiple cars, well, maybe up to 30 a day, driving down the alleyway and through the gate to the entrance of the home. They were coming into the back gate 30 cars a day. Now, I saw the video. There's little kids out there on scooters and bikes and and playing. There were toys right outside the home. As these men are coming into a routine neighborhood having this, many neighbors interviewed said they didn't want to be on camera or even give us their names, but they say they remember what the house was like before they arrested this lady. They arrested the lady that lived at the house. I can't say her name. You'll have to go on the website. It looks like Anna High something or other. Um, Bengochia, maybe. Let's. I probably butchered that. She was known as Christina, and she was there, and she knew that women were being forced to have sex in her house. Listen to this. Well, she was nice and everything, but it was kind of awkward. So many cars coming and going, said one anonymous neighbor. It surprised me, yeah, it did, but never in a million years did I thought something was like that going on in another in our neighborhood, said another neighbor. What can you do? Keep your eyes out. You have a vacant house around you that gets activity, Call the police immediately, especially if you're seeing a high number of males or a high number of cars. The worst case is it can be okay and like that, but what if there's women trapped in there that need you to report? On top of it, in many cultures, there's this feeling of, I must not tell because I have family back home. And they I don't want to get involved in that. What about the fact that many of these women were 25 to 30 years old? You know, these are difficult uh, cases for law enforcement because you will find that if they're 16 or 17, it's now easy to look at this and say, well, you know, this is probably human trafficking and I'm going to go after it. But it's much harder for law enforcement to look at these victims who are 25, 35, especially if there's a factor of the fact that they are not U.S. citizens and they don't have papers. Think about the fear of that person that of getting caught. They think, I'm going to be deported. But quite frankly, after months of doing 25 to 45 guys a day, Deportations probably looking really good because they probably think they're not going to live much longer. And quite frankly, they probably aren't. This is a death sentence for a woman, and it needs to be looked at as a death sentence for a woman. This kind of trafficking, we have to get dead serious and have law enforcement. When you see something, you say to yourself, could this be just the beginning of a gang? And where it took two to three years to put this case together, I'm not being critical. Don't take me wrong. If they got it put together, they were able to track it back. But as I said before, three years is 33,000 more sexual encounters per victim times six victims. That's 180,000 sexual encounters. That is just you inhumane and so I'm asking you to think this out if you're in the audience today it's because you're a person who cares otherwise you wouldn't be sitting through this horrendous kind of thing not all of our sessions are going to be this bad okay? but I would be remiss if I don't tell you how bad this is you know, a lot of times this is simply a young person who runs off with a boyfriend and gets violated. But I'm going to tell you that this kind of migrant sex trafficking, of taking, care- taking advantage of some of the most vulnerable people on earth, people who would never normally be vulnerable but are now vulnerable because they're refugees, we have to wake up people We have to recognize this. This is ugly, I guarantee you. I don't like living in this world myself. But if we don't stand against this, who's going to? If we don't recognize the facts of this, who's going to? If we don't get our other friends involved, if we don't tell the people overseas, we're here for you, please join with me and kids on Facebook, like us, and start to follow us and get educated. Let's unite together. You know, go on meandkids.org or go on exploitedcrimes.com. Go on Me and Kids Facebook. Let us know who you are, where you're from, what you're doing. And I'd ask you to share this show with everybody you know. Write to us. Let us know who you are and tell this story everywhere you can. Out there somewhere are millions of people that are being exploited and they need you to educate yourself, join with us, and let's bring this to a stop around the globe. Okay, see you next week. Thanks so much for following us. Thanks again, Susie, for helping us, and we'll be talking to you next week. Stay tuned.